show. Great. I'm America's sweetheart, Katie Rose Leon, and I love talking about music and pop culture and nerd stuff, and I have two shows where I'm allowed to do that, but not specifically what I want to do, because I never record or pay for the equipment or edit. But guess what? It's Katie's turn. Holy shit. Um, I had a situation come up that really inspired me to finally get it together. Uh, and what show is this going to appear on? I really don't know if it's going to be two minutes or balling out. We'll see which boy gives me the password. But here's the thing. In the middle of the night, I had a text from my dear friend waking me up with a fright. Uh, yes, it was 8 o'clock, but you know, I was sleepy. It turns out that the much-teased Lindsay Lohan single Xanax had been posted on her Instagram in a fuller version. And I knew that I had to call together the Midnight Society to do a deep dive, so this is where the jingle's gonna go! For joining us, I'm here with writer, uh, best friend, Brooklyn goth mom, uh, and sometimes wrestler announcer, DJ Accident Report. That's me. Okay, cool. I really struggled not to say your real name. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't really matter that much. So, thank you so much for joining me in my bedroom, aka the Rose Garden. Um, it was an emergency, and I had to be here. Yeah, I had to summon you. I, uh, you know, we put out the messages. <laughs> I joined, I went into the thread, and I scrolled through all the inside jokes, and I said, please come. Yeah. Uh, and here we are, and, uh, I've been tortured by this song for, since it dropped. I've listened to it possibly 6,000 times. For a larger context, about, what did you say, two months ago? That's about right. Maybe a little bit more, actually. Yeah. I found a 20-second clip online of Lindsay Lohan posing in front of some wigs, lip-syncing a new track of hers that samples better off alone. And I went to immediately. Oh, DJ Axon Report. Beep. Uh, and I was like, holy shit. Look at this. He had the appropriate response, which was holy shit. And then we went to the greater 
network of our friends, and no one had the correct response. No one cared. No one cared. And I don't understand what's happening. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I feel like the right people who should care uh, aren't caring. I feel like no one's understanding that this is a song called Xanax by Lindsay Lohan that samples better off alone. Yeah. It feels creepy a little bit because you're just getting to know us in this context, but it feels hyper-specific to our interests. Well, I mean, like, okay, so let's get into it. We're from Long Island. Yes. The type of, like, specific garbage that Lindsay Lohan represents is, it really speaks deeply to us as people because of our shared history as Long Islanders. Really, either of us could have been Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, I mean, in another universe, probably. Yeah, sure. I don't mean that we fucked up and didn't become Lindsay Lohan. I just mean, like, the roll of the dice really could have gone either way in terms of how we were raised. Right, and, like, the thing about Lindsay is, like, we know those girls. We know the girls. They didn't become famous, and Lindsay's lucky that she did, but they're these sort of very... comes from wealthy families... Good intention, but not always the brightest. New money. New money. Develop some kind of drug addiction that you really wish they wouldn't have. And, like, says some horrible things a lot of the time, but at heart is, like, really trying to do better. But there's a real mean streak in these types, too. And they surround themselves with horrible people. Yeah, there's a chain of, you know, being raised to prioritize weird personality traits which just invites a parade of of shady characters right and like they learn to value the wrong things in their lives and it's not really their fault but it is their fault but it's not and i feel like you know i was saying to you before like as a weird alternative kid from long island you're sort of taught to like really dislike most of pop culture and just distance yourself from it. You're kind of forced into it because you're given an ultimatum. Right. There's a lot of protectiveness uh, around whatever subculture that you're trying to enter that if you admit that you like certain things in pop culture, you're sort of giving up the ghost about uh, how how much your allegiance to whatever subculture you're trying to plead allegiance to. Like, you can't, you're not allowed to like certain things because then you're, like, one of the popular kids or what yeah, you're trying Yeah, and, and it's like, those popular kids are throwing you into lockers and calling you homophobic slurs all day. Right. And so you don't, you need to distance yourself. So we weren't allowed to, to really like Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Or anything she did. I don't think we fully understood her, though, until later anyway. It's true. It's true. And when Mean Girls came around, I had no real... I didn't watch it. Yeah. I just was like, that seems like stupid girl shit that, like, dumb girls like. Yeah, you know, it was ever... I should have liked it as a blooming comedy nerd, but as a a girl... uh, From Long Island. From Long Island, I was very much drenched in self-internalized misogyny. I was, like, you know, knee-deep in pocket punk and being listening to songs about having girlfriends killed in car crashes so you know i just was buying in at the time this is the early 2000s i didn't know no better i felt like i just didn't need it and like it wasn't like the kinds of gay people that were interested in mean girls weren't the kinds of gay people i thought were cool yeah because it did become a gay classic really fast and i just really didn't like it and then i finally saw it like later 
in adulthood, and I was like, that was fine. Yeah, like, it's, it's fine. It's, it's kind cute. of cute. Yeah, there's some really funny dialogue. and Right. And so it was... And like, her acting in it is fine. Yeah. She she had a, a moment very quickly where it was like she did Parent Trap. She did Mean Girls. Right. And there was... I think there was one more in there. And then... She did Herbie the Love Bug when things right. were starting to go off right. the rails and the drugs and the partying. And then she disappeared. And then she made I Know Who Killed Me. Right. Which, again, I didn't see until later because I was like, Lindsay Lohan, who cares? Which is like a weird, you know, like, it's like a perfect camp movie in that it tries very hard to be serious and fails. It tries. It's so over. It's just a perfect camp film. And yeah. it's, it has none of the sort of malice of trying to be kitschy like it's it's trying to be artistic and i think that's what makes it so wonderful do you remember anything about her first foray into music i really didn't pay attention to the singles at the time i know there the uh i again there was it it was embraced by gays who i wasn't interested in yeah i didn't really get into her until she started really like flashing her vagina around and dating that blonde dj right uh-huh. and then i was like oh Okay. <laughs> the thing that really turned it around for me was that that Oprah documentary, which was such an interesting and sad study of mental illness yeah. for me. Because you could watch someone truly trying to do better and self-sabotaging at every single moment. See, I love a celebrity breakdown, and this is a dark part of my heart. Right. But I love it. So Lindsay's was bananas, because after she was a party girl, she tried to, like, repackage herself as being serious. She did that Oprah doc. Right. Self-sabotaged a bunch. And then a series of events occurred that were insane. Right. She became that spokesperson. Well, she did, she did a really beautiful and dark film called The Canyons. Have you ever seen The Canyons? No. Oh, it's really incredible. So it's like at the point, it's after the Oprah doc. I'm pretty sure if I have the timeline right, I probably should have done my Lindsay Lohan. Listen, we're just free balling here. We're Uh, just trying to get the larger cultural context. Right, and it will pay pay off, I promise, dear listener. Um, So she does this movie called The Canyons, which is with her and James Dean as the other main character, the porn star. What? James Dean, is that his name? No, it is. It's just, I, I did not heard yeah, about Yeah, they're this. the two main characters. I love it already. It's such a dark film about Los Angeles soci- sociopathy. And Lindsay Lohan is, she's kind of like beaten. It's by Paul Schrader, who's like an art director. And he cast Lindsay Lohan. And everyone thought this would be her comeback. And the movie got horrible, horrible reviews. I think it's a really wonderful, dark transgressive movie about uh, like basic domestic basically domestic partner abuse where Mm. Lindsay's dating james dean the porn star and he's like really sociopathic and well didn't it come out that he actually is like exactly exactly which is pretty fucked also this is just a personal note i know you and i tend to like movies that are critically disliked because we're like it's pretty and weird and hard to watch well this wasn't pretty it was weird and very hard to watch yeah but it it was really like it was panned at the time for just being soulless and cruel and it is those things but it really like gets at something about Lindsay lohan as like a character and a person and she's incredible in it 
Yeah. And, it, and it's so sad that the movie was so critically panned. And, you know, she partially did it to herself because she, she no-showed a bunch of media tours on it. Right. So it's like, you know, it's like this character, how much is the character? How much is her? Um, we should watch it sometime. It's really good. I really want to watch it. You know, and I, 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 I relate to all these no-shows. Right. Because I'm always 10 minutes from losing my fucking mind. Right. And the difference is, is I'm way more stable than a Lindsay Lohan. But you remember, can you imagine being rich enough to no-show a, a press conference? Well, look, you could watch that it's, like, in the in the Oprah documentary, you could see her promising and crying and being like, I won't be late to set tomorrow. And then, of course, the next day she's just late. And it's like, we all have that in us, you know? Yeah. Like, we all have that Ooh. sort of streak and it's so hard to watch someone who's so talented and like ostensibly kind of a sweet person just destroy themselves yes well there's a lot in there we all remember the weird battles because her dad and mom manager stuff right and and meanwhile like her mom and dad are appearing on all kinds of shitty trashy reality shows yeah, it's bad but uh, it gets weirder right because doesn't she Right, this is, so after the Paul Schrader movie, she can't really get work anywhere. No one really shows her, trusts her to show up to things on time. Yeah. She's not getting casted in anything. Yes. So then she, like, moves to Turkey for a while. Right. Um, and that's when she starts affecting an accent the there, first time. Right, yes. There is, this is the affected accent part of her life. This is also, at this point, she, like, I I am working as a celebrity gossip blogger for a, a several websites. And so I'm covering Lindsay Lohan all the time. Like, <laughs> like, I know way more about Lindsay. I have had personal conversations with her manager because I was covering her so much and they wanted me to write about certain things she was doing. Her manager also, well, never mind. Um, yeah, we're not going to bring that up. Yeah. But I will say that Lindsay has a long history of surrounding herself with evil gays. Yeah. Uh, and just evil people who, like, yeah. clearly have learned to take advantage of someone who's vulnerable like that. This is also, not many people know this part of the story, is that at this point in her career, uh, people are beginning to speculate that she is essentially an agent of the Turkish state because she is releasing pro-Turkish poetry and about how, like, Turkish, the Turkish government is kind to refugees at this point. Yeah, I remember that. Right. So, like, there's all kinds of bizarre government intrigue that is, like, very strange and surreal. But, like, also, like, she had to sort of flee from America because the cameras were on her so often. And so this all feeds into this complex story about, like, a celebrity trying to escape not only, like, their mental illness, but also, like, the the world that has turned them into this sort of subject of voyeurism. And it's just very sad. Yeah. Somewhere in there, she becomes a businesswoman and opens a nightclub in Mykonos. Right. Uh -huh. And she makes a reality show that's kind of boring because she's just a good boss in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So we watched a few episodes of this when we were awaiting the, the release of the, the single. Yes. So, like, what was your take on that? On the show? Yeah. My take was, you know, I think they were clamoring at the idea of a Lindsay Lohan is opening a resort in this tropical locale. It's gotta be bananas. But really, they had to pad it out with reality show sociopaths because she's just... Being a pretty okay boss, 
hey, once again, hanging out with some shady gays. But right. beyond that, just, you know, some of it's clearly staged, but there's something really fucked up that happens in it, though, where she's, yeah, I bought this property because I got assaulted on this beach. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and she wanted to, like, reclaim it, which is, like shows so much I mean of course this is like a sort of like reality TV constructed narrative to make it like an empowerment story so that it's not exploitative it's empowering instead there was just something so deeply strange about that part yeah I mean the whole thing is bizarre did you get the feeling that it was like sort of like a reality show about a reality show like it's sort of like one degree removed from even reality television there was a sort of simulacrum element to it. I think you're just reacting to the quality of the program. Right, which, which was just not very good. It's late-stage capitalism, late-stage reality show, baby. Mm. And, like, they just got a bunch of people that got rejected from Big Brother and Road Rules and whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I think you're reacting to how everyone was hyper-aware that they were on a reality right, show. Right, right, right. And, and they were trying to fit themselves into certain specific narratives from yeah. the start. Let me tell you, I've been re-watching Rock of Love. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, you know, we did go down that I've watched the, almost the whole thing now. Well, at least the first season. Season one. Side note, at one point, Brett Michaels, during an elimination, says without a drop of irony while talking to a girl, you know, we had a conversation about how we I can't relate to mediocrity, and we really bonded on that. Could you imagine being so... Having the confidence of a season one rock of love brett michaels and being like i can't relate to mediocrity there are three more seasons of that show coming brett yeah every rose does have its thorn okay that's crazy <laughs> anyway we're at the moment of the Lindsay lohan reality show okay what was what comes next well what i was gonna say is it's been years since you did anything musical she put an album out in like 2008 yeah I think. and it just kind of came and went a few and, gays sort of ironically embraced yeah, it. Yeah, but it just, it was gone. And it just seemed like she's, you hadn't heard, she hadn't been in the news really. Just, you know, she's just been on Mykonos, you know, right. serving lobsters to people and whatever. And the reality show got canceled after a season. Yeah, because it just wasn't that interesting. Right. And then, in the night. <laughs> Here we are. A appears of, like I said before, of her looking in the mirror in front of wigs. I have to bring up the wigs. Yeah. Where is she? She's in a mirror looking at herself in front of wigs while a clip of a lo-fi hip-hop version of her song plays. And I gotta tell you, it's it's taking the riff from Better Off Alone, which is the greatest of all time. Right. And I also think it's important for the semiotics of this track to recognize that the original song Better Off Alone by Alice DJ, first of all, just a classic. Yeah. Second of all, is an ironic song. It is not a song about pure emotions. The whole album... It was it was a concept album because they were European and they were sick of house music. Right. It was The whole album was a critique of techno and rave culture. And it was their biggest hit. <laughs> Non-ironically. People did not consume it as an ironic track, but yeah. it, it, was, it was made to be like a critique. And so it's especially sort of telling but also interesting how Lindsay has repurposed it to, again, be a sort of critique of Raven party culture. Right. And so I freak out. <laughs> I feel like I made it with my mind. 
Right. Erica's talked a lot about the secret. Right. And she's taught it to me, and it's mostly only misfired and created weird situations for me where, like, I tried to do the secret, and now I can't get a text message back. Right. But it's like, this time it worked, and it's crazy. It really feels personal because of how obsessed I am with both Lindsay Lohan and Better Off Alone and Lo-Fi Hip Hop and dance music and then we get to, like, the lyrics, right? Right. So we we heard this first clip, and we were just freaking out over the sample. We're trying to understand why other people aren't freaking out. Right. Truly let down by my community. Right. And then, last night, on Bi Visibility Day. <laughs> right, yeah. Of all days. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. She released some weird uh, Instagram clips that had the long most of the track and we find out the lyrics of the song well well for a minute the the track was rumored to be called i don't like the parties in la which is like a great song title and like the the, there were a few clips floating around from like british reality shows or british like uh gossip shows that were like just the lyric of like i don't like the parties in la and then like you know, like, I, I've been in this club all night. Or, you know, like, yeah. there was a stray lyric here, and I was like, oh, that's, like, that's an interesting statement. Sure, yeah, I'm into that. Especially consider her history as being a party girl for Right, a while. exactly. She was hanging out with Hilton, I think, for a second. For a long time, and yeah. And then, yeah, and then I think she ended up in one of... I don't know how real this is, but there was, like, a swirling rumor for a while that, like, a lot of girls would go dry out at Courtney Love's house. Right, right. that she was, like, one of the noted chicks that would show up to do that. Right. And so, so then we get to the actual song, finally, yesterday. And it's, like, actually... And I know it sounds like I'm being ironic. Like, I know... But it's sort of weirdly touching. It's really good, especially as a weirdo who, uh, you know, used to be young and tried to party. And the whole song is about her having... Those lyrics are literally, I have social anxiety. Let's pull up the lyrics, actually. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to grab my phone because I'm afraid to touch the computer. Yeah, good call. Is, I mean, are the lyrics up Yes, somewhere? I looked them up because I couldn't figure out one of the lyrics and I, I had to look it up. Okay. So, yeah. like, so like the song is about her always finding herself at these parties and being like, I would like to leave. I can't figure out how I'm trapped here. And, like, I'm nervous and I don't like being here. Which, like, as a nightlife person, like, speaks to me really deeply, and as someone who's watched Lindsay Lohan struggle with addiction for so long, where you can see part of herself sort of fighting against this, like, party girl persona and, like, drug addiction, where that's probably how she feels a lot of the time. Yeah, I was surprised at how personal the lyrics felt. I'm sure she didn't even write them, but they, I'm sure she felt something to have made this song. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have, I, I'm not naive about how pop music right. is created, but that doesn't mean it can't have the vessel that they choose can right. affect how it's received. And the fact that it's made by this sort of trendy, Alma is the one who wrote the song. Oh, And that she's sort of this, sense. like, hyper trendy, like, not great songwriter, but, like, something about this really clicked for me where, like, she must have written it for Lindsay or something. Or the fact that Lindsay's conveying it really does speak to it. I definitely have been in a situation... I'm a very anxious person. Right. But I insist on going out because I don't want to be uh, in my feelings. But then you're just there and miserable. And you don't want to be conquered by that. But you also don't want to go out. Yeah. It's 
pain in the ass. Right. And then you have the double kind of mirroring effect of, again, that the, 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 the sample is about making fun of rave culture and right. how shallow it is. Wow, this is just an onion. I'm just fucking <sighs> peeling back these layers. I've been thinking you. about it. All day. Yes. Uh, since you sent me that track that you ripped off the Instagram video, I listened to it probably a hundred times. It's like, a short song. Yes. It's short. I can't stop listening to it. It's making me feel ways about stuff. I want to look sad on a train listening to it. Right. I want to put on my makeup to it. I want to not go out. I want to be mad about going out to it. Right. Like, it's like we were talking last night. Like, it made us want to... Like, there's a weird darkness to it, obviously. It definitely made me want to do some bad behavior. Right. Like, I wanted to go out and then, like, have a bad time. I definitely was, like, fighting the urge to text people. Right. Like, it's like... Which is a theme of my life. (laughs) It's sort of an ode to bad decisions. It has a dark power over me. And I don't... It's, you know what, this, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's that witchcraft, man. But it's like, but it's like, it, it's like speaks to how music can make you like feel things, but also like make you want to do bad things sometimes too, where you're like, you know, like this is a bad influence. Like I want to be a worse version of myself because I'm listening to music about people being self-destructive. When I was younger and hotter, I definitely like made out with people I shouldn't have because there was a banging track <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> or I was just like, I just got pushed over, and now I, you know, it was a it was a rock and roll show, so it was appropriate. Right. It really speaks to like the 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 ways of like when you are a club kid or something, and you do live in the nightclubs, and you're just like trapped, and you want to leave. Yeah. We've made music about this. We've literally made <laughs> music about this. I don't want to talk about it, but yes, we have. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's get to the lyrics. We're going to take this seriously. Okay, I'm, I've pulled it open on my cellular telephone. Do you want to read it? Are we literally going line for line Yeah, here? let's think about it. Okay. Uh, welcome to my, my grad school presentation on Lizzie Lohan's Xanax. Verse one, I don't like the parties in LA. I go home in a bad mood, pass out, wake up all alone just to do it all over again, which we've all been there. Right. Huh? And like, it's interesting too, because like LA, the specificity of LA, where like they're like LA is an interesting place because I've never gone out partying in LA, but like the party culture in LA seems specifically vapid and shallow, but it's like also, more than New York. It's a really isolating place. Right. It's very, like, little islands as opposed to New York, where I feel like even though when you're like, oh, that's across town, it's like, you could still get there. Right. It takes 45 minutes. Oh, and then the uh, the lyric is, oh, looking for you. I actually really relate to this, like, impulse of trying to be someplace that you think you're going to run into somebody. Right. Because how I work romantically when I get crushes on people as an adult, like, I'm just too shy to really deal with it, so I will just... I will just be around. Right. And, like, I, you know, I don't really do it anymore, but I remember being a younger person and having this impulse to just, like, be at the party hoping that I might run into, you know, somebody. Right. Sometimes not even, like, romantically, just, like, a friend. Right, right. You know? And it's also, like, like the specificity, again, of, like, L.A. and doing that where it is so vast and, like, people are driving there. Like, it sets a scene of I don't like the parties in L.A., specifically yeah and like like i was gonna say like if it was new york the parties in new york like have a purpose and there's like art to them and there's like a political message behind them but the parties in la are not like that 
No, you could be a Cher, you could be a Britney Murphy, and let's get real. Right. Um, right, and then the pre-chorus is, only one reason I came here, too many people, I can't hear, damn, I got here at 10, now it's 4 a.m., which is just your kind of standard uh, time suck black hole mode. Right, but it's like, it's like, you think about Lindsay doing that, too, where, like, yeah. This is a former drug addict speaking, you know? Like, this is a real experience where, like, you go into a club, you literally lose time, you can't stop yourself, you want to leave, but you cannot. Well, and also we have the added factor that since she's a celebrity... People are... You can't physically leave. But, yeah, she also, like, probably feels like an obligation to be there. Right. Like, be seen. And you know if you go outside, there's going to be cameras everywhere. And you, like, uh, there are people talking to you and surrounding you and giving you drugs. Not just, like, doing drugs, giving you drugs. So it's, like, that's, like, really sad. And, of course, the chorus, I can't be in this club, it's too crowded and I'm fucked. Ain't nobody here for love. Ain't nobody care about us. I got social anxiety. It's so hard for me not to sing it. (laughs) I'm trying not to get kicked off of whatever platform I end up posting this to. If we only, if it ends up being on Ballin' Out, I'll actually play a clip of the song. But if not, then I can't do that. I got social anxiety, but you're like Xanax to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I know people got mixed feelings about the Xanax, but like, first of all, it, Begins and ends with an X, so it's just visually appealing. It's true. True. I hadn't thought of that. And it's also, like, from, like, your average SoundCloud rapper, right? Like, the Xanax thing is tired. Yeah. Like, like, we've all heard songs about Xanax. Like, it's, like, a tired subject matter, the sort of depression meme. Yeah, but, see, I think this is in a different thing. She's not talking about taking bars. She's talking about... Being calmed. The purpose of Xanax. Yeah. I mean, lorazepam has too many syllables to be in a pop song, everybody, but it would have been there. Right. (laughs) But it's interesting how she sort of inverts, because the song is called Xanax, right? So you think it's going to be this, like, edgy, like, I love taking Xannies, like, you know. But it's, like, it's actually sort of sad because she's speaking to her mental illness and how she needs drugs to calm her. Yeah. And how, in this instance, this person that she's found in the club is the only thing that could calm her social anxiety yeah it literally says after that uh you know it goes social anxiety when you kiss me i can't breathe and he goes no i can't be in this club right <laughs> it's like when i first heard that lyric when i was listening to this song like at, first of all i first heard the social anxiety chorus last night and you know i lost my mom right but then that line actually hit me more because i'm like oh that's like a little too real to be in a pop right song. right right and it's <laughs> like again like Lindsay lohan's uh strategy for dealing with life is surrounding her with people that are very bad for her and so this person who she thinks is calming her, much like Xanax, like, is actually probably kind of bad for her. Yeah, especially given the history here. Right. And so there's, like, there's a real tragic... Like, it's so, Like, I remember... Like, we were... Someone on my Twitter yesterday was getting in and was like, it's so, like, exploitative and stupid. And I was like, you're not... You have no empathy for this person who's singing this song. Yeah. And also, like, all pop music is exploitative. Like, not to go that route, Right, but right. it's just, like, the industry itself. So it's like, what are we doing here? There's and it's no... Cle- conscious consumerism under capitalism like fucking pick when the sun's dying but also like and pop music has its power because it speaks in cliches yeah and so you have to speak in the language of like trite sort of things or or popular culture you know speak for pop music to even be pop music so the fact that it's cliche 
like the fact that she's managing to create this really tragic message in something that's so cliche, I think is really like powerful. Yeah, and I mean, it's just a fun track. It's really enjoyable. It has a dark energy. I love a dark pop song. Right. I want to feel ways about stuff. Right. It's fall. It's time to put on heavy eyeliner and have a feeling. And like, you know what? We can break it down all I want. But at the end of the day, it's just a banging song. And if you have a problem with that, well, come meet me outside of 7-Eleven, okay? And and like the, the production also sort of mirrors what's happening in terms of like the the lyrics because it's like there it's this moody sort of synth the lo-fi beat that's just like the triplet bass beat of like club music and like just when you think it's getting really like a little too moody like this like sort of bachata drums kick in and then you're back in like this club and yet it goes back the drums drop out when you're not at the chorus and it goes back to the sort of moody dreamy quality that's like oh no i'm still trapped in this place hey everyone dj accent report is a real dj i know i think about these things yeah. djing is telling a story much like wrestling oh it all comes together <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other different lyrics because it just repeats a lot. Uh, yeah, well, in the verse two, she says, I would try to stay away from you, but you get me high, only person in this town that I like. And it's just like, yeah, get away from them, Lindsay. Yeah, and it's like, of course she doesn't like anyone in that town. That's where why she went to, like, fucking Turkey to escape, because she doesn't like anyone in L.A. Well, let's talk about this. We're very psyched about this track. <laughs> We and I have discussed our worst case scenario where uh-huh. I was like, you need to rip this off Instagram immediately because I don't know if some sort of drama with like a Disney villain is going to get sure. this from ever being released, yeah. which is honestly a possibility. But let's talk about the best case scenario. The track gets released and it's a hit and then a whole album happens. What are your some dream track names that could happen oh interesting you're taking this in a i i sort of you know like track names for the new Lindsay lohan album okay let's just go. like and there's no wrong answers right of course yeah so i want like i obviously want like a really um like ethnically insensitive track in like arabic Oh, yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of really good Arabic dance music, so right. I feel like that's a, a inevitability. Right, um, you definitely need just, like, a really shallow banger that's just, like, called, like, Blitzed or something stupid. Like, that's not, yeah. there's no tragedy to it. And you need that so the tragedy of Xanax really, like, uh, can be felt. Um, I want a ballad about Mykonos. Oh, yeah. Definitely something that's like an ode to Mykonos, for sure. And, um, yeah, I, but I, you know, personally, I like my shit fast and bass heavy or spooky. I would love a song titled Handbag. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah. But I don't know if she's smart enough to do that sort of purposeful superficiality. No, but we can get a suite on it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> who are your get who are your dream features? Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah, I want like a Charlie XCX. Oh yeah, clearly. I want like uh definitely a Paris Hilton duet. Do, have they buried the hatchet? Oh, they would for money. That's true. A Kim Petrus situation. Yeah. What if something like really out of left field though? Like I don't know. What about Marilyn Manson did something? Mm, I wonder if he would agree to it now. He has a pretty good sense of humor in his old age. Yeah, or or like a or like a weird 
Trent Reznor remix of Ooh, one of the tracks. Yeah, that's we're really in dream territory now, but I could feel it. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if we just push the goth envelope more, she's not going to do it by herself. I'm saying, like, someone gets a yeah, hold of the track. Yeah, someone's got to help her. Someone's got to help her. Yeah. God, what a journey. Um... And then I want to see Shanita Bump lip sync to it. Oh, Pinwheel is already called dibs on it. Okay, that's I sent fair. it to Pinwheel immediately and Pinwheel was like, wow, I've never related to a song harder in my entire life. And I was like, see, you get it. Yeah, I just, I want to see art made to the art. Drag Queen's got to get a hold of this track. I know. It made me want to do it. Ugh. Um, who's your, is Shanita your dream drag queen to do it? I don't know. I mean, she's just. She's just a personal fave, so she always comes up in the yeah, forefront yeah, of my mind when it comes sure. to spooky. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that necessarily has to be number one. I, I could would... see Brenda doing a really good version to it. Well, she would put a cool, like, rich white lady twist on yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like she would, like, just start screaming in the middle of it. Like, I'm not kidding. I have social anxiety. <laughs> like, I yeah. just, this is not, I'm being very literal. <laughs> For sure. I just, you know, I'm just excited to see where it goes. You know, I, it's like, I sort of like, I, I'm i like dreading reading all these horrible reviews because you know it's not going to get re- good reviews. Yeah, okay, I'm just pulling this out here. It's fun to have fun. Right. That's our catchphrase. Just fucking, I, I'm just not going to read them. I I'm going to like hate read all you of them. You have to because it's your gerb. And unfortunately, no one's paying for my opinions on music right now. So I can say whatever I want. Right. And I'm confusing to all my fans because every time they think they understand something about me, they found out they've been only receiving a version of my opinions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you really got to tailor your, sh- you have a very specific niche of things that you can talk about on your shows. Yeah, that's why I'm doing this. Right. The balling out kids are very nice, but it turns, you know, I went to the Discord first because I was just like some gay in here. One of them's going to get it. Love it. it, And none of them did. And that's okay. Like, I still respect you guys. But I dropped it into my, like, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of baby Brooklyn drag queens who, like, treat me like their fucking mother. And I dropped it in there. Not a single one of them replied. (sighs) And then I, so I can't really, you know, two minutes, that's like an obvious, like our, our boys mean well, but you know, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. They just don't really get pop music. And you know, that's fine. It's okay if you, if you don't want to have fun, I guess. I don't know. I, each one has like one pop thing that they like. Oh then, yeah. You know, then... those metal boys are always like that where they're like, I don't like pop, but I love Madonna or, you know, like it's always one of those things. Brody King has a Lady Gaga tattoo, you know? It's either Lady Gaga or weirdly lately I've been hearing a lot of T-Swifts, which like, no thank you. Yeah, I mean, Um, she's not for me, but I do get the appeal. I get it. It's not for me too. I I have other faves. Oh, Um, who was Trip? Trip Cassidy was really into. Oh, Trip Cassidy was really into Billie Eilish. Yeah, she's so spooky though. Yeah, yeah. She's a spooky pop star. I love her. Um, uh, I love sad teens making music. That's just an aside. But if you know a sad teen making music, send them my way because I love that shit. For real. <laughs> um, it's like, I don't know. Like, the the fun part of it is fun, but I love that the fun... It's definitely fun. It's fun to listen to. But it's also dark. But it's so tragic. Yeah, it's really... And awesome. I think that's like... It reminds me of... um. You know this track, uh, Everything is Embarrassing by Sky Ferreira. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite pop tracks of all time, where it's just like, it is a fun pop track to listen to, but there's a deep, 
sadness to it. Yeah, I mean, that's always been my favorite kind of poppy music. Um, it's like an Orville Peck situation. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Or, you know, old Lana before this new album, which I think is garbage, but that's another I haven't story. really given it a whole listen yet, so yeah, I'll get back. I think I might have more of a tolerance for you it than you. Because... Lana would be a good feature on that. Oh, on the Lindsay album. Yeah, except I don't my, think Lana would do it. I don't think she would do it. And my concern is that they would be, that people are going to say this track is a Lana knockoff. You know, but it isn't because it's tackier. And it's Lana, much... Lana's not very, Lana's a lot of things, but she really, like there's tacky parts of her, obviously, but she's not really going. No, she's more like. Lana doesn't go to the clubs that Lindsay goes to, you know? Like yeah. Lana wouldn't be at the club that Lindsay's singing about. No, she's too busy being boned down by a motorcycle gang against a pinball machine or whatever. I mean, not anymore. Now she sings about how lonely it is to be at Coachella, which like, that mm. is a lonely place. Yeah, I don't want to go there though. Yeah, me neither. But I would go to the club, Lindsay. I don't know. No, you wouldn't. You would hate it. I would. I want to go as a tourist, I guess. Yeah, like you know, don't don't get too out of your shell here. It would be hard to go and like listen to that music for for six hours. From yeah, 10 and you'd be hanging out with so many cokeheads. I can't really hang out with cokeheads. Yeah, I just don't have. I just don't like when people talk aggressively at me like not necessarily aggressive statements but just like really aggressive like pointed speaking especially when it's like positive i'm like get away from me right which isn't to suggest that Lindsay's on coke i don't know what her recovery situation is. i have no idea i'm just saying that's who's at that club right yeah it's a lot of cocaine at the club that Lindsay's singing you know it just happens and there's a lot of cocaine at the clubs i go to too i mean mean, it's just just around yeah i dated a guitarist for a while you just see it everywhere right and so it's just like i don't know there was this track really speaks to me in so many ways it's it's very (sighs) special and i hope we fucking made our point everyone. i feel like i feel like i hope that we change someone's mind about why this is an interesting song because i think the, the tendency is if you're a bit of a music snob to just be like this is like such treacle and trap trash and like it's just made to be like on the nose and poppy but i really do think it speaks to something like well, a really and this is a, point, a tragic part of the human condition this is the point i make on two pod minutes a lot which is that i think there's two modes to enjoy music there's people that are really hung up on technical skill and things like that and then i think there's people that react to the emotion of it and that's kind of my camp so and i do understand that like the argument about the like the technical side of it is like okay it's not a particularly impressively created track but there is something impressive about the minimalism of it where like i've produced pop tracks at this point and the tendency is to want to pile shit on because you think the track sounds sparse but there is a sparseness to this track that i really appreciate oh my god talk about sparse pop music sophie sophie and Lindsay have to make a track together sophie would just love it Oh my god! Yeah. Make it happen, I would cry! I mean, Sophie has a lot of noises in her tracks, though. Although she can do, like, the, the it's okay to cry. That's what I'm saying. She does yeah. both. She can do a more minimalist version. She can do either or. Right, yeah, yeah. And especially her early shit was, like, like listening to pop music, but only with one earphone. In, right. Which the, I don't mean that in a negative no, way. No, it's, like, a good thing. Yeah. Like, if, if like, Xanax is weirdly in the same family as It's Okay to Cry. I would say it's closer to Sophie than any 
other pop music I'm hearing right. Well, yeah, like in that kind of camp. Closer, I think it's close to like a Charlie XCX track. That's who true. like Sophie has like worked with or yeah. PC Music has worked. If with we're like music. making a a weird a family chart. tree. Oh, I gotta do that for us soon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um... Well, that's been a, a great episode of, of Katie Talks About Some Shit with her friends. Um, maybe this will happen again someday. We didn't even talk about the the failed child abduction. We just didn't even have time. Oh my god! <laughs> failed child abduction, we failed our yeah. fans, whoever they may be. Not talk, you know, you look it up. Just Google Lindsay Lohan tries to, uh, what was it, a Syrian kid that she tried? I believe so. Just look it up. It's very strange and, it's, and disturbing. It's disturbing. And then nobody talks about it anymore. I mean, that's the thing is it's like one of those things that people like, oh, you are you say Lindsay Lohan now and you're like, didn't she try to kidnap a kid? And you're like, yes, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Well, you know what? Brandy killed someone with her car. So like, we've all been there. We've, we all have mistakes in our past. All right. Uh, 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 DJ Accident Report, do you have any plugs? Uh, well, I don't know when this is coming out. Um, <laughs> when, where, who, I don't know yet. But, uh, I'll be at Uncanny Attractions DJing, uh, a wrestling slash drag show at House of Yes on October 30th. We are planning something super secret and special, uh, the night before at another as yet to be revealed location. Uh, I'll be at Battle Club doing commentary this Saturday. Uh, Get the date, because I don't know when this is coming out. This Saturday, September 28th, (laughs) uh, it is an intergender show. Um, uh, We have a party at the vault called Nope every third Friday of the month. Um, You can check us out on YouTube, Nobody's Watching Wrestling, where me and drag queens Ariel Italic and Lady Berica Andrews review pro wrestling. It is confusing. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I... You know, I'm I'm around. You can find me at Twitter at Katie Rose or Instagram at Oh Hello Katie Rose. I don't know what platform this is coming out on, so maybe uh, subscribe to Podman's The Cast Night and watch our videos. We have our Las Vegas Psycho Vegas special coming out soon. Also, when you go to uh, watch Eric and friends wrestle at Uncanny Attraction on uh, October 30th, I'll be there screaming and tired because I'm getting on a plane to go to Fest uh, right afterwards, like literally right afterwards. And then um, if this is on those stations, then please uh, subscribe to Ballin' Out Super. It's a Dragon Ball anime leftist podcast that is just going to be about anime because uh, Dragon Ball Super's ending. Okay. Wait, I'm going to guest on that. Okay, well, Dragon Ball, we have three, we have three episodes left. No, I mean, I don't know Dragon Ball, but I know other anime. Yeah, well, I've been trying to do that. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay, well, thanks to coming wherever the fuck this is. You're like Xanax to me, baby. I, I, I want to leave. Bye.
Social anxiety when you kiss me, I can't breathe. No, I can't be. 